Hello and welcome to another episode of Talk About That. Boom. Yes. I'm your host, John, and this is my colorful co-host, Johnny Weddington. Hello, friend. We've been a little bit of, uh, we had a couple weeks where you were traveling, I was traveling everywhere I travel, travel, and uh, we're now back. I've been running the roads, although a couple things I did were local showcases, and they had varying degrees of success. You did Zany's last night, didn't you, downtown? Yeah, that was just a late thing that we added me to, and it was great. Um, but you did B.B. King's last Wednesday. Last Wednesday at B.B. King's Blues Bar, uh, and uh, it was a showcase for Christian Festival uh, promoters. So remember, we used to grow up, it'd be like Atlanta Fest, and yeah. every Christian band was at it. And then we'd go to a Life Fest, that's in Oshkosh. There's one in Agape Farm in Kentucky. There's one in called Cornerstone yeah. in Illinois. Yeah, they were huge. Uh, well, a lot of them are still around and really doing, you know, they're bouncing back and they're big again. And so they're having comedians kind of, so a bunch of bands were doing this showcase. And so my agent was like, come do this. It's like a buy-in thing. Like people don't realize, man, like when you see catalyst or you see orange conference, some of these speakers have paid for stage time Yeah, and they're whatever. And it's really weird. And some people have conflicted feelings about that. Whatever. This how, was, conflicted, this... how conflicted would you feel if I asked you to pay for me to come have stage time? Would it, how would that set with you? The question makes me feel conflicted. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, it's one of those things where this was – you're the promoters there in the room. And so my agency was like, we want you to do this. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I came down to do it. But I was last. It started at seven. Who were the bands? Uh, a lot of them were kind of like some of them have radio songs. Like one band has a uh, what's the Citizen Way one? Of Citizen them? Way was yeah. on there. Uh, they good. were super good. They're really good. Yeah. There was a band called Land of Color. They were good. Uh, a couple of the bands went over their time, which they're really strict on time. Yeah. So that were they were they striking the stage? They were striking, and everybody had to be on and off. You have ten minutes. You have five minutes. Why didn't it let you go up in the ten minutes while they're striking? Like, no, no, you don't want that. Well, I understand. But well, I'll tell you why because that's what I did. Uh, this past Monday, and trust me, oh, oh man, it's a different thing. But this one actually, I went up and uh, last nine thirty, so it starts at seven. So I get there and it's just like it's it's basically a bar, but they have a few rows of chairs set up, and then there's like a whatever uh, the loneliest bar because people are they're afraid to drink, even if they believe drinking's okay. Right, but they're at a Christian They're at a Christian showcase. kind of event, and so they're kind of like, is this agent watching? Oh, I have an O'Doul's? Exactly. Yeah, there yeah. was a lot of O'Doul's. Sucks uh, in water. Yeah, that's right. A lot of diet sprites were filling the room. But anyway, so that was kind of interesting. So the bartender's were like, why are we here? But it was super <laughs> rowdy, and so I kept chatty, and I just kept waiting to go up and eat it. And uh, Kevin kind of, my agent, kind of hatched this plan with some other agents to like, I'm going to go shush some people. Oh, dear. During your slot, I'll push people forward, and I'll tell them, you don't want to miss this guy. I'll help shush. I'll get some co-shushers. Well, saying, I don't, saying you don't want to miss this guy versus actually shushing. Well, no, no, no. There's also an art to shushing where people don't feel like. Really? I've, I have no. You always feel offended when yes. somebody shushes you? Yeah, there's no like. Yeah. How do you do that? No. Well, I heard it, but the bottom line is you have to get up. You have this. to do it and then turn around and look behind you as if someone else did it. Like, yeah. Shush, and you're like, you know, yeah. <laughs> who is. Yeah. So they brought me up. Uh, the show had run long. I go up, and man, uh, I think I said, I can't remember what I said first. Uh, I said, well, 
y'all are going to have to shut up. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> but I kind of tried to just be silly, but I'll also be like, hey. And they did. Like the front area, there were still a few people in the back because they're standing up way in the back at yeah. like, like little stand-up tables. And it's all standing. No, no, no. There were some people sitting up front. Okay. Some of the promoters were there sitting up front. And I just kind of was like, I'm just going to do it. And I changed my entire set around. Uh, I just went off the fly because I was like, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not gonna... I went to songs. I think I opened with something that I hardly ever even do in my one-hour set anymore. I did uh, The Unhappy Camper, which is a song about mm. being broken up with for Jesus at right. a Christian camp. And then the, it goes along about what happens. And then the hook of the song is, if she's dating Jesus, why is she making out with Brad? And then it's a whole <laughs> thing about how... Yeah, it was all a ruse, and then she's. I say I have a few tears. That, yeah, that's a, story that's a true story. I know well, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, I just thought, well, I'm just going to do this, and it kind of grabbed them, and so they were listening. I mean, I had you could hear a few flamingos in the bag chatting. I call it a flamingo party when you hear like blah, 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 blah. you hear that. You just push through, but I don't think you ever heard a real flamingo, flamingo or fl- fl- flamingo. <laughs> English language is our yes, playland. Play it is, yeah. but. um that one was good, and I was able to push through. So cut to – Wait, wait. Do you know, though, did the promoters – did they talk to your agent? Or are you? Yeah, they talked up, to him after. So he said he had some – Yeah, I think he said he had some good feedback from it. Yeah. Oh, they really you know, loved how you handle it. Because I think I even, like, called it out. I was just like, my favorite thing about comedy is that it can be enjoyed passively. You don't even have to listen. You don't have to look up from your phone. You can just be like, oh, comedy's on? Let me know when he gets to the funny part. You don't have to do anything. And it kind of, I think it just, my sarcasm. You shamed them into. I shamed them into listening. That's good. I didn't shame them into laughing, but I shamed them into like at least paying attention and then judging the comedy on its own merits. And that's not always the right move. I did a show Thursday night, right after that, at a pregnancy resource center, golf course, Indiana, Whitestown, Indiana, which that was my first line. They told me I was going to Whitestown, Indiana. I said, you're going to have to be more specific. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is this thing anyway but i go up there and they said well they've we've never had comedy before mm. this huge like dinner you know a group you having dinner at round tables they weren't still eating when you no but they were rowdy and they weren't even listening the guy was doing a uh live auction mm. which happens sometimes at these mm-hmm. they get donated items from the colts and whatever you know, the local sports team right and he's auctioning off like luxury box and people are like he'll a couple of votes, uh, bids will go up, and then he'll, 12 people will clap at the end. I'm like, 12 out of 400. We're wow. listening. This is going to be bad. And then she goes, Are you ready? <laughs> He's going to bring you up next. I go, And there's no stage, by the way. There's no stage. I'm just walking up to like an area of carpet mm. four feet from the front table mm. where there's a mic stand. So it's all the makings of a nightmare. The speakers are in the ceiling. I have my guitar plugged into a wall, and they're controlling it from like a dimmer switch on the back wall. All the makings of nightmare. Yeah. So I just kind of made up my mind, like, they pay me a lot of money. I got to go up here and just, like, get control right away. So I just said, man, it's so great to be here. Y'all are going to have to shut up. <laughs> and they're all wearing suits and stuff. And I just, I don't know why, but it worked. It's like crickets. It worked. They stopped. My first thought was I should pray and then not pray. Hey, guys, let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads and pray. And then when they shut up, they right. feel bad. I go, so I'm from Nashville, uh, and then just get into my material. But I didn't do that. But I'm going. I'll reserve the right to do it in the future because that's a good so idea. So did they laugh when you said you have to shut they up? They did. A few people gasped, like, "Oh, is it this guy?" And then when I got into the jokes, they responded. And then so I went on. I killed that. Um, I can't remember. 
See, because I'm to me that next word is yeah. really important. I think I just did my first joke, which is usually a joke about being from the south and being judged when I go north. Yeah. People, yeah. Uh, people say, "Did you date you your date sister?" Your sister? Right. And I say, "No, we broke up." Right. Um, kind of self deprecating or whatever right. about being from Tennessee. But yeah, I think it was just one of those things of like it was a huge risk, but the bigger risk was to let it go on. Right. And sometimes you can just get control by being they knew that I wasn't being serious. Right. When I even said y'all are going to shut up, I was like even though now it's kind of like a Will Ferrell thing. Will Ferrell's famous for saying the most rude thing, but in a funny way. Or Zach Galifianakis. He'll say a funny thing in a rude way, but it's obvious he's being fake rude. Yeah. That's what I hope it felt like. All I know is it went really well. Cut to Friday uh, was great. Another fundraiser. Cut to Monday showcase at the Cannery Ballroom in Nashville, which is a stand-up music event, music venue. 600, 700 people, all bookers, entertainment buyers from all over the nation. Actually, international entertainment buyers, too. And they're there for a country showcase. And my agent put me on him because he was like, oh, you're a CAA guy. These are all CAA artists. We thought you could go up between acts, and that was your, to your point about, like, while they're changing out guitar yeah. amps, you go up and entertain everybody. And they were so – they did not stop talking. Mm. And, of course, they're professional. Yeah. Like, they're they're probably – it's probably the most difficult thing in the world to entertain that particular demographic because they're, like – They're already – yeah, and they were there to get drunk or whatever and just, like, hear music as a background. Yeah. They were there to hear music passively, in essence. Right. And so even the bands that got up there were like, are you ready, Nashville? And they would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. One time this this band that's an acapella group that won the sing-off, they were called Home Free. They won season three or four of the sing-off, NBC. Huh. So they were really terrific. Five, six vocalists. And they get up there and they're doing uh, Elvira as like Oak Ridge Boys tribute. And they, get up, boom, 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 get up. And they put the mic out to the crowd because you always get the, <laughs> the, the crowd to do it. Because right. they all know that part. Nothing. Well, it wasn't crickets. It was just chatter. Wow. They never had stopped talking. So it was a total losing effort. And uh, I just told my agent, look, I just got it. So I did a couple of jokes each time between the bands. And then I'll just read the bio of the band and get out of there. And I did that four times. I brought up, here's who I brought up. I brought up Mason Ramsey, who, if you don't know him, is the Walmart yodeling kid that went extra. I mean, I'm talking about cultural phenomenon viral right like 50 million whatever yeah for the hank williams senior song in a walmart in harrodsburg illinois and i had a joke that i'd written about that about like well, I, know, I did a hank williams song in harrodsburg they arrested me this kid gets a record deal. and i was like that's probably they're not gonna like me but that actually got a laugh so for, <laughs> to the front the front 40 people that were listening to me liked that and the kid who came out somehow looked down on you like that kid had swag john Dude. You told me he was like, like he's been he'd per- been doing this his whole life. and He's, he's- been performing since uh, two days after his fourth birthday was wow. his first public appearance at the uh, Kentucky Opry. Wow. So he comes so out. How do you get to the Kentucky Opry, which that could be a tiny little thing in a community center. Uh, I don't know. It wow. sounds. Eh, who knows? But all I know is this kid had been – he had done hundreds of performances. Yep. He had a, there was a full band too. It wasn't like so. This band has already taken the stage, and he walks up this ramp on the back through a curtain. He has a band, is what you're saying? Well, yeah, and I'm sure that his label or he's got a record coming out now. So, but it's like they're hired guns. But dude, they were great. They were all great session players. Sure. 
So if he was doing a Hank Williams song, it sounds like the Hank Williams tune, and he just has to go up and do his part. But he played guitar. They put a guitar over his over his neck. Like he walked out, he's like, eh, he he's got this little pearl snap shirt and little hat and little sash and little whatever you call those little bandana things that people wear on their necks. Not an ascot. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, scarf, neck scarf, neckerchief. Bolo? No, it's like a neckerchief thing. Anyway, he comes out with that. They put this guitar over him, and he could really play it. Uh, and then he starts singing. I mean, people, people were probably most uh, quiet for him, but not to be confused with quiet. Yeah. But they were most quiet for him because it was a kid, and they're trying to be – They, I think you almost feel like, we don't want to ruin this kid's Sure, life if but we're it turns rude. out like he – He could not be – Right. That kid's a rock. Yeah. He wow. probably had more performance experience than anybody up there wow. as far as stage time. Wow. It's crazy. So I was pretty impressed with him. Yeah. And just the way he was backstage, he didn't seem nervous. He didn't. He wasn't like arrogant. He was just built for this. That's crazy. You yeah. gotta, how old is he? 11. You got to wonder. And he looks younger than that. He looks about nine. Yeah. You got to wonder what that does to a kid to be that proficient yeah. at performance. You said something to me yesterday at lunch. You said that he was like, yeah, be like who Sadie was, you know, and that's actually not true at all. I can't get Sadie. Sadie has this. Amazing- well, no, it's. I remember you saying though that Sadie, when she was like seven or eight, said she wanted to be famous. Right. Well, it wasn't like I want to be good. I haven't. heard. I want to learn to play X. I want to be right. She's like I want to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what I meant. Like this yeah. kid just was. It he did. He did happen to him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hear that anymore at, at ten. That's good. But I do like so much. So Sadie sings like crazy. Yeah. And I'm telling you, and I, I mean Johnny. You know, in our I'm not afraid of you being biased. It's okay. You can tell me if she I, I, sings good. I'm telling. I would believe you. I'm not being biased when I say that she is as good as any kid that age, if not some kids that we raised up. I mean, she's naturally mm-hmm. got a really good voice. She also sings in perfect pitch, meaning that if she's going to sing a song, I've done it before. I've taken my phone out. She'll be singing something, and I'll be like, "Is that the key?" And she's always in the original key. Uh-huh. And so she she memorizes the key. In fact. Even when she's a, a little kid, like a baby, she'd yeah. cry. We had these little, these little harmony teddy bears that yeah. sing harmony, and she'd be like, "No, sing the red one." Like she had a pitch understanding oh, of what well. she wanted, um, but I can't, and I don't want to. Like I don't. I, don't, I tell Laura the days, like I don't know what I want to do with. I don't. I don't want her to be anything. You need to figure out how to monetize this. <laughs> I'm saying it's like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, honey, you know, you could. Uh... Well, whenever I hear see somebody that wants to be a comedian, I, it's like they're saying to me, I have a lot of insecurities. How can I monetize this? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. People. Uh... Well, that's cool that she's, I mean, that's kind of got to be heartening for you because you and Laura both sing. and. Yeah, but I don't know if she'll ever. That's the thing. She's at that. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's just her. Yeah. But and and she's not disrespectful at all. She doesn't want to do it in front of people, though. She doesn't want to do it in front of people. She just does it for unless her enjoyment. She, unless she decides. Okay. So then sometimes she'll be, you know, like we were at the community group the other night. Yeah. And I was trying to have like a just a serious moment during the prayers, kind of a thing. We're, we've been talking about the Eucharist in church, and mm-hmm. when we gather around a table, let's just take that moment, be grateful for one another, and kind of acknowledge, you know, the source of life and all those things that we have. Mm-hmm. And where everybody's in there, and everyone's kind of quiet, just quiet. And it was like three minutes, you know. Sadie was like Rodney Dangerfield. Like she yeah, was yeah. just entertaining, woo, and just bouncing off the right. wall. I yeah. literally kind of pulled her in because I'm not – I'm not going to be like, you be quiet during the prayer. Yeah. Like, I'm not, it's just not going to do that to my kid. I think that's got damaging things too. There's a balance there. Mm-hmm. Hey, be respectful, but 
I don't want to create shame related to God. I just don't. I don't think that's what God wants for her. And so, yeah. but it's so funny to me. It's like if I would have asked her, "Hey, why don't you sing us something, or why don't she you tell us a joke?" Yeah. Well, I'm embarrassed. It's 100 percent how it was. It's so like I, she has to be on her terms. It's you know? I call it site specific exhibitionism. Yeah. So that's that's what that's I am. really People great say, term. Are you an are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? I'm a site specific exhibitionist. Is what I am. Wow. And I've just learned to. It's time to put up or shut up. Yeah. I put myself in uncomfortable positions. You know, like last night I went last on a show that I was added to late. Yeah. And I was the 14th of 14 comedians, many of whom were super dirty. I had five minutes. Uh, a ton of topics had been covered. I, that's not a situation where I'd be like, you know what I want to do with my Wednesday night? But I'll put myself in that because I know it'll make me better. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. And uh, I'm a better comedian today than I was last night. I really do believe that. But I've had to learn to do that because when I was Sadie's age, I would do impressions. And this is before I ever knew I wanted to be a comedian. I would learn how to do impressions of like Casey Kasem. Yeah. And I would learn. Can you still would, do it? No, it's, it was bad even then. Oh, okay. But I would do Howard Cosell and I would do these dumb things. And I would go to school and I would recite Johnny Carson's monologue or something I saw Dana Carvey do or whatever. And people would think I was funny. And then they would go, Johnny, show, show <laughs> some person. I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. I would control yeah. it. And then I'd be like, no, I would feel immediately embarrassed if they go, do that again. Do that thing you do. Yep. Whereas if you're a real ham, You'll do it 20 times out of 20. Like my friend Marty, he is like, he loves it. So it's like, we're just wired a little bit differently. Yeah. So he would just be like, well, this is what I'm good at. If it brought you joy, I'm going to do it. I'd be like, no, it's not working for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I totally, um, I, I always liked the spotlight. Yeah. My dad, because we were on television, our church. Oh, right, right. And so my brother and I, he'd bring us and like he would have us do like the intro to the program or whatever. <laughs> and it would just, my brother, I hated it. Gosh, I mean. What did you so, do? Just read a thing? Yeah. Like, hey, you know, welcome to, you know, I don't know. Was, I, don't yeah, I cannot imagine my goal. Yeah. Oh, he hated <laughs> oh, my it. my gosh. Hated it. And, and he probably didn't. He only did it a couple of times, I think. And I just, I don't know, like I would, there'd be a song, you know, we'd have a track or whatever, yeah. you know, or I'd. I, I just – and when I started playing instruments, that made it a lot easier. Like, okay, yeah, I like this. I like being involved, I think is what it is. I like creating something mm -hmm. and not just participating. I want to be creating it. Um, but I, I do – I've never thought of myself, though, like as one who can capture a room kind of thing, you know. Just just one yeah. – Just want I just want to be involved in the creation of it. So. Well, and, and sometimes it's interesting. You do it enough and I've, I had that – I had the experience – I mean I've had – seven shows or whatever in the past nine or 10 days. And, and they've ran the gamut from, okay, this confirms to me that I'm built for this to, wow, I wonder if a, another comedian could have won that crowd over. Like, I wonder if somebody could have gone out there and got those people to shut up. Yeah. You know, there's no way to really know, you know, I, I have a feeling unless you're famous and you walk out there, they're not right. They're, they're just there. They're holding a drink and they're talking to their buddy and they're not listening. Well, but you're seasoned enough now to know that yeah, you, but you, just, you just can't win everything you do. Yeah, but I'm telling you that every comedian uh, that hears a story like that, 
even though you know you've experienced it yourself, there's a part of you that goes, I wonder what happened if I went. You just think. There's a challenge to it. If you're in a show, I was at a show with Nate Bergazzi, who's a, one of the best comedians in the world right now. Um, he's been on Fallon eight or nine times. He's got a development deal with NBC. He's terrific. And he's here in Nashville. And so I've done a lot of shows with him. Sometimes one time we were at a show and it was called Comics Come Home. And a lot of the road comics, uh, they're home for Thanksgiving. So one of the local promoters puts together a show at a dive bar somewhere. And then all the – I mean I'm talking about big comics oh, who yeah. are home just happen to be here and they go up. So these guys who are tremendously funny. But it's a lot of comics in the audience too. Right. And if for whatever reason it was a bad crowd, just not – they're not engaged. Things aren't working. Some of the comics are calling out the crowd. And Nate was standing in the back. He knows he's going on like 11th of 12th, whatever. And he's just like – there's something about being a comedian where you're just like, it doesn't matter how bad the show is. You think to yourself, I think I can turn this around. <laughs> right. And you're, you're wrong sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it, you're right. And that's really the thing that's a tease that does it to you. Well, it's like sometimes, golf. Oh, yeah, it's like man. It's a good golf shot assuming you can do it. Oh, like my that. gosh. Yeah. When sometimes you're just, I always call it like a ladder. Like sometimes you get to a show, speakers are in the ceiling. Uh, I'm plugging my guitar into a wall. There's chatter in the room. There's a, a silent auction. People are eating. There's lights really bright on the crowd. It's the hole is so deep that they're putting me in. But my jokes are a pretty tall ladder. And yeah. if you give me my ladder, I might be able to get out of this hole. Give right. me five minutes with these people. And you and you kind of feel as if the crowd's yeah. going to understand too. Yeah, that, you hope they're, like, they're wow, going. They, oh well, this is hard. Yeah. Sometimes the crowd doesn't. And that's why you got to fight for your show sometimes ahead of time. Like I have a person who literally she calls six weeks out, mm-hmm. four weeks out, two weeks out, and some of that call is, "Did you look over the rider? Do you know when the lights are supposed to be set this way? Do you have the pre-show music?" Because if you don't fight for those things in advance, all the crowd remembers sometimes is, "Man, that guy sweats a lot." <laughs> he really struggled up there. They don't remember that the lights was a problem and that you got introduced right after the starving children video right. or whatever. Yeah. They just remember, man, that guy struggled. So you have to fight for those things sometimes. And sometimes you just don't. You just go, let's see if my jokes are tall enough ladder. And a lot of times they are, and sometimes they're not. And it's really humbling when they're not. I think that one of the greatest things that ever happened, and I'm still struggling with it, is, is as a as a speaker – on a Sunday is realizing I don't have to hit a home run every yeah. single time. Yeah. And that's it, it, not a cop out to not be excellent, but I lived like either Wednesday to Wednesday or Sunday to Sunday for so many years, not realizing it. Yeah. Some of this is discovery, but thinking that, I mean, I would get in the car always. Or the amount of people that come to you after. Yeah. Oh, or it, the it, tweets, it, or the texts that you get. Yes. How who's much quoting was it you? Reposted? Yeah. Who's quoting Did somebody you? tell me? And and mm-hmm. plenty of times now, no one says anything. Yeah. And I'll get in the car, and it's because you're the last thing, and everyone has stuff to do. Yeah. And they may have it may have gone well, it may not have, but. They're getting their kids out of the check-in yeah, system. Right. They're heading to family mm-hmm. dinner or whatever. Well, and they expect a certain level from you. And so sometimes once you once you have expected that level from somebody for, for a while and then they just met the expectation, there's no need. Like when I used to go in and I'd be make $100 a show, there was a time when I would do a shows for $100 and my show was a $1,000 show. Yeah. So I literally met and exceeded their expectations by 10 times. 
Yeah. For, for I'm probably, probably like a year period there yeah. when I was just starting out. And I was killing it. But then when you start doing better, you start being, oh, we know, we heard about you from this guy. Yeah. Or, or we're going to pay you this. Sometimes it's not about money, but it's about an expectation. You're, you can meet expectations, but it's very hard to exceed expectations. And I think that's what you're up against it's because they go, well, you're John Driver. Of course it's going to be great. We don't need to tell John. He knows he's good. I whatever. don't know of anybody. Think, that's hilarious that you would even think that. I don't feel that way. I just kind of feel like. And, and, I'm trying to uplift you, John. No, and I appreciate that. Okay, fine. I think I think one I began learning that I'm not that great. Like you know, I'm too long. Uh, I've had some friends who've told me you're one of them. You know, there's some things I do that I mean I can be. I think I'm a. Did I put something in your head? No, 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 no. I think I'm a fairly effective. I think I'm a fairly effective communicator. It's not yeah. that, but there are things I do. Uh, you know, like like John Kerry told me one time. He said, "Hey, whatever you do, don't ever tell them again that you're going to put on your teaching hat." <laughs> he was like, he was like, you get to these places in you because that's when I wanted to go into the Greek or something. Let me you know, put on my teaching well, I'm gonna, guys, I'm going to take a moment and put on my. T-. Yeah. He's like, you're that's telling like them it's going to be boring. Yeah, don't listen. He said, yeah, it's, it's some of the best stuff you're going to say in your whole message, and, yeah. and and so and I and Andrew and I will talk about that all the time. I'll tell him. Yeah. He'll say, guys, I just want to, I just want to. Um, I, I might ramble for a second. And I go, oh, and then yeah, he'll say the best part of his message, right? And I'll go, that. hey. Hey, you know, and we laugh about it so much because he'll look back at me now, yeah. and I know he wants to say it, you know, and we laugh so hard because uh. one one sermon literally in the eight thirty he said that, and it was the I mean it was an unbelievable thing he said, and I yeah. said that was the best part. Yeah. Don't tell them you and gave I, them permission to yeah. clock out. And I'm I've been doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm trying to find those tips. Or when somebody those, says we're going to take a deep dive today. <laughs> Like, They're looking at their watch like, oh, we don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> what they hear it is, we're going to go till 1230, yeah. right? No, and I'm, I, 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 man, but when I'm okay, like now, in yeah. fact, sometimes, and you're going to laugh, sometimes, depending on how the compliment is, if I get a compliment on my delivery, but not, that there was no like processing of the content, or I know you didn't get it. Yeah. It really irritates me now because yeah. I feel like I didn't accomplish the bigger kingdom mission. Like, I, I, you know, it'd really be better if this wasn't contingent on me being a good or bad communicator. Like, this would be better, if, right, although sure. it's necessary. Well, understand. Sometimes it's better if you, if you stepped on toes because that's what you were supposed to do that Right. Day. I'd rather you be like, wow, that was hard to hear, but but I felt like, you know, that. Yeah. You know, I don't I think don't the know. prophet Isaiah got a lot of retweets. <laughs> <laughs> right, we are. We're conditioned though for those pellets of like, oh, I, I'm doing good because they whatever. They... Well, and we so we did last night. We did chapter seven and come and see, and it's about two ships. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, Todd and, and I, write about um, a cruise ship mentality in church, mm-hmm. and, and we and I sort of take. He has this video that they show. It's actually an old video, VHS video, but they used it for years. And it's, you know, somebody on the, the Lido deck and, and the questions. There's two sets of questions. Well, what questions does do the passengers on that ship ask? Well, they ask, do I like the captain? Mm-hmm. Am I getting good service? You know, is the food good? You know, do I enjoy the entertainment? Right. You know, will I choose this cruise line again over another one? And then the video switches to a different ship. Mm-hmm. And it's like a haze gray on a battleship. Mm-hmm. And you begin to to ask, you know, and we talked about this last night. What are the questions you're asking there? And that is, 
does the captain know the mission? Does the crew – has he communicated that to the crew and mm. is the crew all on board understanding their part to accomplish the mission? Do they answer to a commander-in-chief? Are they you – know, is everybody cared for? Because everybody seems to be cared for. Are they – yes, they need to be fed and, and yes, they need yeah, the I still right want to know. I still want to know if the food's good. So, <laughs> Maybe that's just – And I think that's fine. And <laughs> But like that whole – that whole difference, and I, that was the one part of the metaphor I don't like. You know, is you can easily go so battleship on it. That's right. because church is not supposed to be right. Fun, and I'm your captain. You, know? you better listen to me. Right. I was like, you know, I've got the word from God. You don't question your commanding officer. Yeah. Right. Remember that guy you told me in Knoxville when your mom was trying to start a feeding program. Oh, right. And he, she was kind of challenging him because they weren't doing any community work. Yeah. They had this very evangelistic, supposedly mindset. But they weren't doing anything. They didn't have a closed closet. They didn't have a, a food pantry. They didn't have anything. And he was just like, I serve three hot meals a week. I serve Wednesday night and two Sunday, Sunday services, meaning um, his sermons right. were the hot meals. Um, and then she was like, well, that's not really. And then he threw his paperweight at her. And oh, bit, I didn't remember that part. Yeah, he threw a paperweight at Did her. Did it hit her? No, it missed. So And we didn't. He take, wasn't very He wasn't very good. He didn't go to jail because. Well, this was. This was prior to. Did he go to jail? Eventually? No, okay. he didn't. He's still right. preaching. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe he changed. <laughs> maybe someone threw a paperweight at him. Maybe could be. Uh, uh, no, yeah, that was a. I never. I thought I told you that part. No, yeah. I remember that part. My mom dodged some paperweights in her day wow. from angry men who were okay. very insecure. That's the thing. My mom was this strong. Uh, she's very intelligent and knew her stuff, but she people felt really threatened. You know, and that's back in the day when it's just like mm-hmm. women, you know, your place is not to tell me how to do this. And, you know, even if right. she had the best idea. So she just kind of had to live with that her whole life, really. It's just, by the way, it's just tragic to me. I mean, what a yeah. what, what a, a waste. What yeah. a waste of what, imagine the good that she was bringing that yeah. was ignored, you know, by them. But now that and I, I talked last night about I do think that even on a battleship, like there's a great book out. Um, it's called Tribe. And it's a just a mainstream book. It's not in the Christian industry or anything, but it's about the community that the reason it's it's really processing veterans who are coming home from war. Okay, and so much of PTSD and suicide and other things has to do not just with the horrors of war that they've experienced. It has to do that when they are reentering their communities here. Yeah, it's so it's so um, more shallow. Yeah. Than the community they've experienced at right. war with their brothers. Because it's and life and death. And yeah. it's, and it's, you have this huge commonality that's right under Common the surface. enemy. You have, yeah. you're sharing quarters. You're, yeah. you're, you're living and dying for each other. And there's a simplicity to it. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. I th- we've talked about that be- before with comedy, and it's a, uh, weird segue, but I'm just only sharing it from because I didn't I didn't go to war and I didn't enlist and I, I I have such respect for soldiers, but I do think that's the closest analogy that comics always use is like if I meet another I've told you that yeah. if I meet another comic I immediately have ten things in common with him probably I have more in common with certain comics that I do not care for than I do with you sometimes sure there are things there are comics who I do not like yeah. But I can say, yeah, but this guy and me, we have this, 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 and this. Yep. He's been to that room in Toledo, and mm-hmm. we know what that's like. 
you get some paperweights thrown at you there or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, and it really is generally a, he has faced a similar hardship. Yeah. He's not just a, yeah. When, when, when I, well, it's, it is an enemy. You think of it as an enemy. Like we, yep. it's kill or die. We call it killing and dying in comedy. Absolutely. Really uh, how'd you do this weekend? Bombing. Man, I, I killed mean, there's a, a lot. It's all that. It's really crazy. Is. Yeah. Wow. I bombed this weekend. Yeah. Yep. No. And, and that, that idea of, you know, there are, there is a shared community. And how does he ever of, find that again? Yeah. It, it feels then I think so. Um, and again, I'm, I'm the guy, the, the book is, 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 I haven't read it all, but the thing, the parts of it that I have, you know, obviously he's speaking as a military guy. Yeah. And so he has a different perception, but you just got to think about how hard that has to be. I mean, you literally, especially if you've been in the middle East and other places, I mean, you're spending maybe two to six years and depending on how many, how many times you're being deployed and, and, and how many tours you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you were literally in another culture for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is defining. Re- yeah. And it's not just about your family here. It's about how our cultures here don't, how distant we become. Imagine coming home and, and social media is now replaced most people's culture. Well, and, yeah. and got men uh, are most of the troops are men uh, even now. And so we internalize anyway. So it's like you come home and your wife's like, tell me, you you don't know how to tell her. You don't know how. So you internalize it more. You went to protect her. Right. You went to protect her from the story. Yeah, from this story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I I can see. I mean, that's the thing is you read these numbers about how many soldiers every minute kill themselves. And you're just like, it's unbelievable. It it is absolutely tragic. You're right, though. that, that, That idea of. Tribes, we're wired. It's easy to say, like we all need the same things. I don't think that's true. I think there's there's a there's part of that that's true. We all need love. We all need, but certain people are wired to be in a tribe, uh, and that's and then then you're then you're displaced from that, and now it's like you feel lost. Yeah. Um, well, and have you watched Seal Team? On CBS, Mm-mm. it's actually a really good show. It's David Boreanaz or okay. Boreanaz or whatever. I think if CBS is like old people shows, like I don't Blue watch. Bloods, I don't watch a lot of CBS. Yeah. Diagnosis Murder is that still on with Dick uh, Van Dyke? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that they would say the number one drama network, and, all, and I'm yeah. just like, these are all shows that like. Well, you they know, had Big your Bang grandpa Theory watches as well as the last season, but um, yeah. but the the. They actually deal a lot on that Seal show. Team with Six, that. the Maybe. brotherhood of the of right. the Seal Team, um, verse you know, and then they come to their families and all those things. But, but that was the point I made to the church thing last night. I was like, you know, I don't think that we should take the battleship analogy as yeah. some. We never have fun. There's no right, like, like or we blindly follow this man. Right. I mean, these guys are closer, understanding a mission better, understanding a big bigger purpose, and are more fulfilled in that mm-hmm. community. And, you know, it's not like there's never a party, you know, there's yeah. not like there's never a, and, and I think sometimes we that. hang a mission accomplished banner and it's too soon <laughs> Boy, on man. the battleship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John, I may never, uh, ride in the cavalry. I may never <laughs> shoot at the enemy. You're trying to remember the lyrics. I can't remember at all. <laughs> I may never fly over the enemy. Johnny. Is it fly over the enemy? I think there is one. There's I one where in their hand motions like may- a- you do a yes. There are hand motions. VBS. Hand then you motion. got little kids shooting, just like the Bible says. <laughs> it's right there. But I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, yes sir. Lord. And then you hold a big, yeah. weird Christian flag, and they all march around in circles. You're like, oh, man. 
nothing creepy about this at all. No, I mean it was just it's just kid stuff, Johnny. Was, yes, sir. It was, John, it is. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's fine. No, it it's a. I, I I do think that people long. You said that people don't all have one thing they need. I think that ever that may be true. I think that people do. Or we don't have, need the same things. Everything says like there's five things everybody needs. I think. Sometimes it's the order of those things or that are more important to you. And like everybody knows we need community. And some people think, well, no, I'm just not wired that way. I like going to the top of a mountain and being by myself. That's where I feel most fulfilled and I'm fine. Uh, that just means communities probably, it, it may not be as high on your list, but it, you need it. You're, you're, you're wired to be around other people. At some uh, point. Yeah, I think so. I think that it's a, I think it's a God wiring. And I think that we can, cause I'm an introvert, self-proclaimed. I would yeah. prefer uh, – I, I, I do recharge. Did we talk about that last week about how I discovered that I'm an introvert? I don't think we did. It's because I realize how excited I get when other people cancel their plans with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, Do you ever get that? That's a like, story. Absolutely. Not necessarily like lunch. Like I love doing lunch with people. Yeah. But if it's like a trip or if it's like a, a four-hour thing, mm-hmm. uh, like I was supposed to play golf today with Brian. And I like Brian, and I love golf, and I've really tried to get back into it. But it's 85 degrees still, and it's yeah, October. It's very hot. So we were talking about last night, and he was like, do you still want to go? And I was like, yeah, let's go. I mean, I'm only home for a few more days. And then, like, I texted him, like, last night. I was like, what do you think? And he's like, we could just wait till next week. And I was like, I'm so glad he said that. <laughs> like, I was so relieved it wasn't me that bailed, but I was glad we were not going. Right. And not because I don't want to do it. I just want to do nothing more. Yeah, no, I absolutely simp- I, 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 like I, that. That speaks to me. <laughs> I do get very excited when things get canceled. You're like, we, I didn't have to bail. They're not coming to dinner, right? And but, we have a clean house now. Yeah, it's very like much, you never cleaned your house yes. for people, and then the people don't come, and you're like, you're not necessarily mad that you clean the house. Sometimes I get mad that I clean the house too, but now I'm like, they're not coming, and the house is clean. Okay. This is like, now, and it's yeah. not going to get dirty for a while now because nobody's coming. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty, that's the best of both worlds. No, I get it. I really, really do. Yeah. I really do. I, speaking of, I was supposed to go to Colorado. Um, right. And it got canceled. So it was a. But that was a bummer because you had, that was to get work. Well, yeah. Like, I don't like it when shows get canceled. No. And that's. Like, you don't get, I don't get paid for jokes I don't tell. That's what I have discovered in my career. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't get paid for books I don't write. And, yeah. and you know. So we were in Indiana last week. Yeah. We went to French Lick, Indiana, home of Larry Bird. And we didn't <laughs> the see The hick him. from French Lick. Yeah. And uh, it was our 18th anniversary. <laughs> so I got to tell you this because I'll forget. The comedian John Reap, he won Last Comic Standing yeah. in season four. And he's the guy who says, is that thing got a Hemi in it? He's that guy. So that's kind of what he's most famous for, even though he's a really funny stand-up. But he used to do this bit because he's kind of a funny-looking dude, white dude. And he would say, this is the only impression I do. Do you guys want to see it? It's uh, Larry Bird caught in a screen door. And I go, yeah. And then he pulls out a pair of pantyhose and just presses it against his face. And he goes, it's me, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) That's funny. Anyway, so French Lick. Why would you go to French Lick? So. (laughs) Because what Curry said is, because she's listened to the podcast when Laura was talking about it. Yeah. And she said, well, they're going because there's a Zappos outlet. <laughs> That's pretty much true. Because <laughs> <laughs> I go, do you want to go there now? And she goes, 
No, Maybe no, they're going no, to shop no, for shoes. No, listen. You've conjured up this history and all this other stuff. There is a Zappos <laughs> outlet on the way to French Lake in yeah, – uh, yeah. it was outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Right. So on the way back – so no, we actually didn't go through Louisville to go up. So <laughs> so there's this – Did she buy a bunch of shoes? Did she? Yes, she did. Did you buy shoes too? Uh, yes. You're this a shoe is, person too, aren't no. you? No. But the once a year or twice a year, twice every, I don't know how long. If we go by How Zappos, many pairs of shoes do you think Laura has? Oh, there's no way to know. There's yeah, no there way. Is. I know this Ballpark we, it. On a ballpark, Laura's shoes? Yeah. 60 pair? I was going to say 150. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is Kardashian. <laughs> She'll have to listen. We have these two. You've seen our house. We have these two shoe things now that are self-standing off at Amazon <laughs> in the middle. This changed my life. You know, shoes are self-standing. <laughs> have you noticed? They usually just fill the floor. And right, now, right. now they're on the – but I knock them off every it's time. It's a rack buy, or whatever. So, yeah. But so <laughs> – pair. So, yeah, that was part of our anniversary present for her. Is oh, we that's got cool. That's shoe whatever outlet, she's so. And actually, I got three pairs of shoes because they were like 20 bucks a piece. You know, I have more shoes than Curry does. Really? I have shoes I don't wear. Oh, I have a lot of shoes. I just actually I'll buy a pair and I'll be shoes. like, I like these. And then I wear the same pair of shoes every day. Yeah. Because I'll buy them and wear them once and be like, I, don't, I never, why did I buy these? I know. Because I get them from Rack Room where you get the second pair half off. And I'll be like, yeah. well, we we're here. Yeah, to. be an idiot not to. Yeah. For another $50, I can get a. Give me some of those heels. I can get, put these in my closet for six months. How about some clogs or whatever you <laughs> tap dance shoes? So, How many pair of shoes did she buy on the trip? We bought. Total. Now, this for Sadie, too, though. She bought shoes for Sadie. All right, I forget. Yeah, okay. So between the three of us, I do believe— Teaching the young one to also be addicted to footwear. We bought 10 pairs of shoes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we bought 10. But it's not how much you spent. It's how much you saved. Three of them were mine. <laughs> I think maybe four were— But some of Sadie's pairs were literally $10. Okay. And— uh, or. Ten or twelve. That means they cost like a nickel to make. We spent a kid less in Malaysia. We spent less than two hundred dollars for ten pairs of shoes. So they average less than twenty dollars a piece. And that really and they're like name brands. So it was a very so yeah, I came that's home, one pair of Yeezys. So like and I'll wear these now for the next ten years. So that one trip, I just I did my time. I went in because I hate shopping. I really really that's why I like Costco. I don't have to turn anything on. I'll buy all my clothes at Costco to try it on. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I just you know hey, this looks like it fits. Yay, there's no dressing room. It you know Tim weird. has a stylist, uh a friend of the family who started styling him like seven or eight years ago. Because he just kind of would wear whatever. And he really is a big believer in it now. So he always tells me, like, Johnny, you know, you wear a black T-shirt every day. You wear a black button-up on stage every show. You can do you, whatever. You're a funny guy. It doesn't matter to me. But you need to think about getting, like, having somebody style you. And, but you talk about the whole fear. We talked about earlier about, like, fear. Like, I think I have a fear of taking any, you know, fashion risks at this point in my life. Some of mid forties now, it's like I could be the guy that's like, yeah, I can pull this off. Like we have a guy that goes to our church named Dale Matthews. This guy used to be, I mean, he's president of Brentwood Benson Music. The guy is just used, came, used to be used to be. So he came up in like the glory days of CCM, and I think he just has a closet full. One time he wore a suit, and I swear to you, it was green, like a lime green. He had glasses that matched it. The rims were lime green. And I'm not kidding you when I say to you, he pulled it off. He's the coolest looking guy. This man is—he's yeah. six foot five or six. He's just this big dude, and he's 
he's just he's handsome, but he's it's the confidence. Yeah, I don't have the confidence. Dale people Matthews. think people think when you get on stage and tell jokes, well, this guy must have no insecurities. He can get up there and just it bear is his the soul. opposite is true. I'm telling you, yeah. if I wore just a red shirt on stage, I would feel weird yeah. at this point in my life. I don't move around on stage because I feel weird when I move around. Like comedians like prowl the stage. I don't like moving. So all that said, I have respect for that. But I think Tim has a little bit of fear too because he said that he wore these Tiva, you know, those Tiva sandals that like <laughs> yeah. kind of come over your feet like a claw. Yeah. They're weird looking sometimes. And he got on the bus and he said that Caleb, who's a millennial on their bus, you know, younger guy who's his nephew basically, and said, uh, well, what's up, Lake Dad? Oh, wow. And Tim was like, dude, it just gutted me. I was like, jeez, I got to throw these away now. That's the thing about fashion that I hate <laughs> is the rules. Yeah. Like, who's making up these? Because my, rule, my the rule is comfort. That's my rule. When they when they change the rules. Yeah. Like, who's making these rules? The, the Labor Day rule that women have to deal with? Uh, Laura white, has all kinds of the those. white but after she, Labor Day. See, she somehow instinctively knows the rules. Well, but she was raised with And me. I'll just ask You get her, told that by your mom who's a whatever. Like, I, some moms don't tell their I know, kids I that. think Laura knows the rules more than people in her family. Like, I'll ask her, hey, no, number one, I have a real fear of being the guy in his 40s yeah. who's trying too hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm okay being just the ugly old guy in his 40s. Like, it just is what it is. I don't want to be – I want to be the best version of the ugly old guy in my 40s that I can be. Yeah. But I don't want to look like the guy who's trying to be – not, let me tell you yeah, something. Johnny. I saw skinny a 20-year-old guy wearing yes. a thing, and now I've got to wear that same thing. It won't happen. Skinny jeans won't happen. Yeah. They won't. That They won't happen. But you don't wear baggy jeans anymore. I know. Baggy they're jeans. They're skinnier. They're fitting. They're they're tapered. Well, actually, so I have comfortable jeans. You know they make skinny jeans for fat people. Johnny, I don't want... I don't... These are... I don't want to tuck my, my jeans into my boots. That's the, not going to happen. No, no, no. I'm talking about... Do you do you wear jeans that are, like, stretchy jeans? Yes. It changed my that life. That did change my life, actually. I'm not afraid to even say it. No. It's not. I'm not. I wearing, will never buy regular jeans. No. Why would you? Like, I didn't. If I had to do a Chuck Norris kick right now, <laughs> the, crotch of these, Norris, the crotch of these jeans would be completely safe. Imagine who Chuck Norris could have been with stretchy jeans in his day. It's a shame he to was think doing about. All that in his career, just totally <sighs> tanked. Chuck. Come back, buddy. No, I'll be honest with you. So I had like a bunch of nerve stuff in my back. This is such an old man story. Like a bunch of nerve stuff that had a bunch of issues. And I think I think it was the jeans. To be you honest with you, you think jeans hurt your back? No. Well, I'm 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 <laughs> I'm uh, filtering the story. So, okay, but sure. I had groin issues and other things too that they said started from a nerve wow. center in my back that went all the way down Sciatica. my leg. Yeah, it was like some weird. And but you had the big wallet. I, I did. So I got rid of the big wallet. I don't sit on a big wallet. It changed the way I sit. But jeans, I realized I used to stoop down to get things and it would hurt. Yeah. You know, and even when I was working out and things. But so now, oh my gosh, yeah. Like but I you know, still have to stoop down to get things. Correct. But I wear nine, I wear jeans that are that have give now. So. Oh, I see. So you were stooping, but they wouldn't let you stoop all correct. the way because your jeans. Yeah. And that, so I was like turning weird, weird ways to make yeah. it, you know. So anyway. I'm this telling is such you, such a non-athletic guy. Story. No, it does. It's it sounds like, a, like we're wearing this because so we can just get as fat as we want. But I'm just telling you, as far as like the idea of jeans that feel like sweatpants, yeah, and they breathe, yeah, but they look like nobody knows. No one knows. And now <sighs> they know. And you know, they, we now could, they know because they could have kept it secret. We could have millions of people know. I just think 
Yeah, when when I remember when these came out and people called them jeggings or what the girls were wearing. Whoa, whoa! So when I first, I don't wear jeggings. No, no, no. I'm saying they're okay. jeans. They're jeans that are stretchy. That's that's it's it basically there's an acrylic. There's a, a latex. What we call it is really important. It is important. Like I need you to be careful here. My, do yours say juicy on the back like mine? <laughs> because <laughs> I had to iron that on. <laughs> Gosh, that's got to be your next like DVD cover right there. Just yeah. you turning around, yeah. big juicy right across oh your butt. Gosh. That would be amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, I could fit a bigger word, uh, honestly. <laughs> Maybe even like a three-syllable word <laughs> at this point. <laughs> when I was young, I, it's like he's got a little, yeah. a little extemporaneous jeans. <laughs> anyway, gosh, that's funny. Well. All that said, and isn't that just like if you're if you're out there and you are yeah if you're out there and you're thinking, yeah, but I've always had these Wranglers and I'm a Wrang, I'm telling you, give it a shot. Yeah, uh, go find some like uh, flex fit whatever they call them. Whatever every company a, makes them now. I got mine at Costco, man. Every company makes a, a version of these now, and now I can order them online if they you know. Oh man, it's unbelievable. And, and, so it'll change your life, and uh, you don't have to you don't have to live this way. No, Johnny. You know, how many people are living this way? They don't, they don't even know, bro. They don't even know. Hmm. This first world's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. So. I don't know. Well, so uh, anyway, we did go to French Lake, Indiana. Yeah. Because there's these two huge, like, turn, turn of the century resort hotels. Oh, okay. I was, you were talking about the dome yesterday. One of them lunch. has a dome. And we went to the one called South Baden. And they were actually owned, they're now owned by the same people, but they were at one time owned by two different guys who were like what's the nearest big city indianapolis uh, i don't know we came literally like i thought we were driving into nothingness and all of a sudden we come into french lick and there's these two huge places so i'm not i'm not sure but it was amazing at one point it was the largest dome in the world and so just enormous what is the largest dome in the world now oh i don't know I don't know. I just, I just. That's just what they said. That was the fun fact, right? It was like the eighth one of the world at some point. But I've heard that about a lot of things. So could we just proclaim the eighth wonder for anything? The female wrestler China also said she was the eighth wonder of the world. I don't know. I feel like that 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 eighth anybody can claim a big lady on steroids and who is body slammed people? Who is maintaining the list for the wonders? Like, how do you do? You have to apply, or is it like? Well, and it's like saying you're the biggest dome. Like we don't even know how many domes were being used in architecture back then. I think that was the point. They were one of the first ones you know to saying? span this. Like, my house is the third dome. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like remember when they said, uh, when we invaded Iraq, I remember this monologue joke on Leno, when we invaded Iraq, and they said, they're the fourth largest land army in the world. And we beat them in 100 days, you know. Right. In the first Gulf War. And uh, so Leno was like, the fourth largest land army in the world. And he goes, yeah, but like, to be honest with you, like, I'm the, I'm the fifth largest. You know what I'm saying? There's a big drop off. <laughs> From like three to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, yeah, it was actually fascinating. They had all these um, natural springs, mineral springs. That was kind of the thing. That was the thing that, that boggled my mind when you said this is that this is the, the back in the day when everybody was like trying to be healthy. We didn't know how to be healthy. It was we like do these homeopathy weird... before it was a thing. Yeah, but then you said the religious people came in. And said, clog up these springs because they didn't want naked people having fun, right? And that was well, that the, Jesuits, the Jesuits. It became a Jesuit college. Yeah. And at that point, yeah, I think that they had problems with. Well, with, sure. You had co eds being like, hey, let's go well, get healthy. But I, I think that the hotels had deteriorated at that point. Oh, so okay. the Catholic So it wasn't just a religious it, yeah. thing. And, but who, but I, yeah, I think they had problems. But these, there's still a lot of the buildings. Were there springs restored. there when you were there? No. 
They no, they still haven't. Yeah, but man, the grounds though, like these huge. It was we you walked can't get, around. You and, can't get naked on the grounds. Generally. Well, I mean, you still can. Oh, so but it's just not homeopathic. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's illegal, is what it is. <laughs> They asked us to leave. Have you been to Hot Springs? I've never done it. My brother swears by it. Hot Springs, Arkansas. He's been to. And Hot Springs, I have North been Carolina. in Hot Springs in uh, in Iceland. How do they control it though? It's just the Earth's core. Yeah. I'd be afraid. It's like, well, you were fine until magma came right. flowing up and killed everybody. Like it can I'm happen. Sure right? that they're paying attention. And plus, isn't it like a methane gas that they have to regulate that Possibly. can kill you? Wasn't there like that? What was that movie with Pierce Brosnan? Aren't farts methane? Earth, wow. Does it smell like a fart? Is it like the earth farting? Is that what you do? Saying? It is. Do far, do do hot springs stink? Yes. Is it sulfuric? There is a sulfuric smell. I don't, to I the ones in Iceland, there were. In Iceland, oh, that's right. You went on a mission trip in, to Iceland. In Iceland, you study, all of their you water studied abroad is is, ge- is geothermal, <laughs> and like in their showers. I remember when I got into the shower, they have yeah. these two. They have they have not just one faucet, but two. And he said, "Listen." And there's a warning signs everywhere in Icelandic. Right. He's like, if you turn this hot water on, like you will get third degree burns. If you just go straight, you have to manage it well oh, with the cold. Oh, right, because it's Because it is coming straight from the earth. Like don't – Wow. Yeah. Because they can't just have a water heater like a normal person. Well, but they're saving all this money. There's geothermal oh. energy. So it's Are like, they just that close to the surface? Yes. They just well, right there's in? geysers and volcanoes and, and – and, glaciers oh my there's all kinds of things there so and it's it's a it was fascinating would you go back i loved it i just want to go with people i want to go with friends yeah i want to take my wife yeah yeah but i mean it, but that wouldn't be the place that you'd be like we got to save up and go here you would go a million uh, places first like no. go, let's go to cancun again first because i've already been there like so but she's not been She's not. I would, want her I would like it? to stop and spend maybe a few days there on our way to if Europe. On the way to the Zappos outlet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Icelandic Zappos. Bring Zeplandic. an extra bag for the shoes. <laughs> We're going to buy those that look like tennis rackets. You're going to love them. <laughs> That's my Laura impression. It's not good. It's like she was sitting Sorry. right here. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> How do those work, those tennis racket shoes? Those snowshoes? Well, they create a flat surface so you stay on top of it. Well, it's not really flat. It's not like a paddle. It's like there's holes in them. So it's like a – there's a scientific principle of of staying on top. Yeah, I think it has to do with increasing the surface area of the bottom of your foot so that – But I'm saying it's not a – Your weight is distributed. Okay, don't don't pander. It's (laughs) – there are holes in these shoes though to keep them light. It looks like a tennis racket so it's string – Well, you're still distributing the weight across the strings. You are, but it seems like the snow would just push up through the holes. There's only one way to find out. Let's get out there. We're going to Iceland. And we need you guys to donate. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's do a GoFundMe. You know what? That is a thing. There is a A slush fund, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? I I apologize. Yes. It was good. I thought of I thought of a stupid. I think of so many stupid dad jokes. Yeah, you got to Like I thought last night, I saw this commercial or this ad for um, putting a, a chip, a locator chip in your pet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they should call that company the Mark of the Beast. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's not, it's just a, huh, well, that's stupid. And I just think about it five is. of those a day. I would, I would yeah. buy that. The original Mark of the Beast. You know, so <laughs> anyway, hey, on that, <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, do thank you guys uh, for listening. Um, and uh, always, send us more questions. We did not do Ask questions, Johnny today. Subscribe, tell a friend, share it on uh, social. 
Yeah. We need to get up the rankings, guys. Yeah. We need more listeners. Yeah, so that, yeah. Because, well, right now, though, we will have the number one draft pick if we stay where we are because we're in last that's place. That's what you want. So that's, that's good. what you we want. We can draft another host. There's, a, there's something to be said for tanking. That's, and yeah. then next year, we're going to bounce back. Well, then we can better. get some award like fastest growing podcast because we came from so far down. All we got to do is move up like two. I have been trying to get out of the podcast, but you franchised me this year. You gave me the franchise tag. I did. So I have a one-year deal. No, I think it's a three-year deal. Oh, and that's then, not. And then we'll have to renegotiate. Okay. And you can be a free agent. Fair enough. So. Anyway, hey, thanks for listening. Share it. And uh, we do appreciate all of you guys who listen every week. And uh, we'll be back next time on Talk About That. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.